episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the television show Supernatural. I am your host, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I am your host, Dan, and with me, as always... This is why Penny and he couldn't even get through the introduction without starting to cough. (laughs) No, I just, like, inhaled wrong. Uh, Hey, speaking of coughing and inhaling wrong, can you hand me my soda? Yes. There you go. Okay, got my soda. I'm ready. All right. And so, yes, and here's Penny. No, introduction's not necessary at this point. I hope not. I really but, hope not. You should know who we are. I mean, that's the opening of the show. And I'm going to leave Daily in there because, I mean, there probably isn't too many people following along day by day. And we'll just, if anyone complains, we'll just say, like, well, it's Daily on the day it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a one-off basis. But, <laughs> but it happened during the day. <laughs> How, is that how that works? Yeah, no, I don't think so. But anyway, no, I don't think that's how it works at all. Okay. But if that's the story you're sticking with, it, that's we'll go with. Yeah, that. I think we'll just go with it. Uh, because yeah, it looks like we're probably gonna miss another day. Yeah, and I want I not to push anyone, but I want to kind of do this fast because it's really hot out, so we had to turn off our air conditioners and fans, so it didn't interfere with the recording. So even though this is one of my more favorite episodes, I kind of want to go through it fast because I'm getting warm already. Yeah, me too. Uh, but, you know, we always do talk about, like, hey, Penny, anything new in your life? Yeah, I got my freedom today. That's nice. And the first thing you did, Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I wanted to get a pool floaty or a lake floaty. And and that Walmart was a damn disaster. Never go to the Janesville. And I posted on a line. I'm sure you probably saw that, but... My friend Rose said that the Monroe Walmart's just like that. They all have self-checkout, crap everywhere, shelves empty. And it's like, yeah, I'm just going to... I mean, because when I was in uh, jail diversion, I just ordered everything online and had it delivered. So really, no reason for me ever to step into Walmart again. No, no, I'm done with that nonsense. And I mean, and you say you like to order our groceries. We have Woodman's here in this area. and But you like to go in to pick the produce. I always thought that the produce they picked was just fine. It was the same as what I would have picked. Usually it is, but I like to look for the vegetables that are, um, like tomatoes, I like to have some green on them because we don't eat them right away. So I don't want to get like fully ripe tomatoes and then two days later have them not be usable. Yeah, I mean, they're picking food out that's ready to go that day. Exactly. So and stuff like that. And even like the jalapenos I picked out, I picked out one that was ripe and ready and other ones looked like they're a little bit lighter green. So they'd have some. So that's why I like to pick up my own produce. Oh, man. And we whipped up a feast of of Kings tonight, though, that produce. There's a couple of meals you and I got down. Hamburgers is one. And I think the other thing is this chicken fajitas dish that we make up. Yeah, you know, so of course it's chicken with some seasoning, and he puts peppers and onions and tomatoes, and this time he put cilantro and a little bit of lime juice in there yep. too. Yeah, I was like, well, let's let's see, you know, let's add some more flavor to this. What's the worst that could happen other than we, it tastes like ass, and we got to throw it out and make another batch tomorrow. Yeah, but it uh, was good. But yeah, uh, and a big tip right over the grill: get one of those pans with all the little holes in it. Um, you know, it looks like. They're all dots, uh, paper dots have been removed, about those size. That's the best. The fire gets right up in there, gets everything cooking and sizzling. You know, yeah. lets all the juices drain out. So, like, when you have some vegetable laden like that, it can just turn into soup. Yeah, because I was going to throw the cast iron skillet on, and Dan's like, no, let's just use our grill pan. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, man, let all those juices flow right on out of it. You don't, if we were, because then the, otherwise the chicken would be getting boiled, not grilled. 
That's true. That's true. We don't want that. Speaking of boiling, not grilled, that's about the temperature. It's up here, so let's get rolling on this episode. Sounds good to me. Season 6, episode 17, My Heart Will Go On. And already we talked about, oh, the, damn it, this is a Titanic episode. And it is, in the most delightful way. It is. It really is. So we get a recap where we see uh, Ellen and Joe. Uh, we see the hellhounds and then th them blowing themselves up. So to remind us that they're dead. Um, then uh, the whole civil war up in hell or heaven, heaven and uh, how they threw the book out and just turned the whole thing. They, they basically didn't follow the rules and avoided the apocalypse. Um, also learned that souls are a bunch of worth a bunch of money. Rufus, uh, the mother of all, and uh, is inside of Bobby, and then Bobby stabbing Rufus. Like, there was a lot of extra story in there, um, but there it was. was from all over the place. And one of my other favorite, Angels Balthazar, he was also in the recap. So we know that um, he might show up in this episode. <coughs> so we see a dude in the garage uh, working, and he's bent, uh, like, he's got some sort of bent lawnmower blade, which is, and he's trying to straighten it out, which is hilarious because I just had an uncle post, how do you fix a lawnmower blade? And everyone was like, go and buy a new one, you cheap bastard. <laughs> so when I saw this guy undoing it, I just wanted to yell at the screen, go buy a new one. See, I couldn't tell if he's trying to unbend it or if he's just trying to sharpen it or something. Oh, but... no, that thing, yeah, he hit a rock and it was, it was totally bent. Yeah. Um, his, I think his beer moved on him. Yeah, he sets down the beer, you know, goes to work on it some more, goes back to grab his beer, and it's gone. It's moved. So he uh, then grabs the grabs his beer, then tips over a glass while he's uh, cleaning that up. Then he trips over a skateboard. It's just Mr. Fucking Clumsy Pants all over the place in, like, the most comical way to nearly die and then actually end up killing himself. It was a complete absurdity. Yeah, the skateboard, he trips over that, and then he knocks over a bunch of, uh, like, tennis balls and golf balls he had and a basket in the garage. And, of course, when he opened his garage door, he propped it up with some sort of board or something. And, naturally, when these balls go bouncing, one of them knocks that uh, stick out that was holding the garage door open, and um, yeah, he no longer just, has a head. <laughs> I just said all that. We're never going to get out of here. Um, but, I mean, isn't that the plot of Final Destination? I don't know. Don't you remember that? <laughs> no. Also, uh, for anyone that has seen the wonderful uh, sketch comedy movie, Amazon Women on the Moon, uh, the whole opening is this bit with Arsenio Hall coming home from work, and he just wants to relax. And yeah, he just accidentally keeps hurting himself worse and worse and worse until he falls out of a window. It's hilarious. <laughs> and so they totally reminded me of that Arsenio Hall bit. Okay, uh, then that's the uh, opening of the show. We see the Stinger graphic. Uh, the boys go in and talk to Bobby, and right away things look off. I couldn't really put my finger on it, um, but we figured it out in a minute. But I'm just going to say, though, things look odd at Bobby's, but it was Bobby's. Uh, Bobby's hard at work on the uh, Mother of All Monsters thing, um, and uh, he thinks that... Uh, all the boys think that he should be taking a break. He's like not sleeping and stuff. He's on edge. Because his, you know, his friend Rufus just, well, he killed his friend. Not him. He didn't do it on purpose. Uh, the conworm forced him to do it. But yeah, it looks like he's not getting any sleep. Say, hey, you yeah. need to get some rest. He snaps uh, that he wants some more coffee so he can keep working. Uh, the boys wander off talking about how he's pretty much a nut nowadays. 
Uh, Sam thinks, though, that he's found a job. Bobby comes in and tells him that he doesn't want a job and uh, bas- basically kicks Sam and Dean out at that point. Yells at him to scram. <laughs> I think literally he says scram. <laughs> Could be. Uh, the boys leave and they jump into a Mustang instead of the Impala. So it's like, uh, what? And it's got the original plates on it, K-A-Z-2-I-5. The boys, uh, someone is supposed to come by and visit Bobby. The boys drive away. And then Ellen comes into the house. And in my notes, dot, 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 I thought, dot, 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 I thought she was dead. (laughs) Uh, No, Bobby is married to her. And then in my notes is WTF is going on. (laughs) I mean, the first time you saw this through, were you really confused too? Were you like, what the hell? Yeah, I was. I really was. Because you're right. We saw Joe and Ellen get blown up, kind of sacrificing themselves for Sam and Dean. And then all of a sudden in walks Ellen. She's married to Bobby. What's going on here? Boys are in uh, looking around that dude's garage that uh, comically died in the first scene. Uh, first, they don't find anything. Then Sam spots a little string on the floor. He like rubs it on a pot or something and figures out that it's gold. Uh, and then Dean says, why is this guy got gold? Just doesn't make sense. And another thing, the reason they were checking this out, if this death had happened just you know, on its own, I don't think it would have caught their attention, but... There were a string of deaths, and it appeared that they were all related. So that's why they were checking it out. This was not the first death in this family. Yeah, it was like a couple of mysterious deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, uh, let's see. Uh, where are my notes? Did I go? Damn it all. Dean shows up investigating the deaths, and uh, he's at his cousin's, a, another cousin of this guy, and he's an attorney, it looks like. Yeah, he's not at, Dean's not at his cousin. Dean's not the cousin of the guy who died. And uh, he's asking questions. Yes, you know, is there anything noteworthy, you know, about your family? He's like, no, we're just Italians. They came over. I'm like, oh, okay. And Dean asks if anything violent happened that would uh, cause further generations to suffer. You just took a big inhale of air, and I think you're going to say, make sure I point out the year. Yeah, family came from Italy in 1912. Yep, I did not catch that the first time through, but that is noteworthy. Uh, just Italians off the boat in 1912. Uh, Dean asks if anything violent has happened that would cause future generations to suffer. Uh, you know, did anyone own a slave? Did Grandma piss off a gypsy? <laughs> that like, was my favorite question. Grandma piss off a gypsy. <laughs> yeah, like Dean just spins up into like his comic machine gun of questions here. Uh, Dean then tells him like, "Hey, your uh, your life's in danger." Well, I mean, he's an Italian attorney. He takes this threat the complete wrong way. Thinks it's actually a threat on his life and kicks him out. Yeah, I totally took it wrong, and Dean's trying to explain him. Just trying to warn you, dude. Uh, wasn't listening. Yeah, but, I mean, the other dude's probably thinking it's a mafia thing. Probably. Uh, Sam didn't find much. Uh, they all seem like clean-cut dudes with, there's no explanation as to why they would all be getting killed off. Uh, they're at a travel agency, and uh, someone is pitching the Trump Towers in Cuba. <laughs> um... <laughs> As far as I know, there's no Trump Towers in Cuba? Nope. And so to have this travel agent, like, pitching this as a vacation spot then, too, it's like, hey, wait, what? Yeah, travel to Cuba? That's You don't go to vacation there. 
Well, you can go to Cuba, but it's got to be on an educational right, right uh, tour. Um, you can't. You don't just go there and you know drink martinis on the beach, right? Or not martinis. Margaritas. Drink margaritas on the beach. Right. Yeah. Actually, Cuba. Wouldn't that? Aren't they famous uh, for they're rum? Pro, yeah, they're they're uh, rum mojitos. Based. Mojitos. Is yeah. What I'm thinking of. Anyway, we're off topic. But go ahead. <laughs> And daiquiris, too. Yes, yes. Um, well, she free, like this lady then, I don't know, gets off the phone, annoyed that the other chick doesn't want to go to Cuba at the Trump Towers. Gets off the phone. Um, she just freezes. Like the whole scene just completely freezes. And then we see this other blonde lady walk in, grab her keys, throw them on the floor next to the copy machine. Then she walks off out of the scene and then time starts up again. So obviously, this lady's like, oh man, where's my keys? Goes around, bends over to get them. Well, doing that, she ends up dumping water. And then again, it goes through this whole comedy of errors until eventually the copy machine strangles her to death. Yeah, her scarf gets caught in the copy machine and she chokes. And in comes the blonde woman. She leaves another gold thread. Yeah, she uh, comes in and opens up a book, actually, and it's got, like, all this gold tassel, and she crosses a name off, and then we see a piece of string, yeah, drop to the floor. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, the boys then are there at night investigating. Uh, they have no idea. There seems to be no family connection with this lady, but Dean finds the gold thread on the floor. Connections are being made. Uh-huh. Dean calls Ellen. Ellen says Joe is working on a similar case. And then I'm like, I thought Joe was dead. <laughs> no, she's working on a similar case out west. Uh, Dean asks how Bobby is doing. Uh, he's still very grumpy. Bobby and Ellen found out that all these people uh, came across the same boat in 1912. That is the connection that they all come from a boat in the 1912. And they came across a quite little-known boat called the Titanic. <laughs> no one has ever heard of the Titanic. Yeah, they're like, Titanic? No, never heard of it. Sam is doing research, and they find out that the first mate of the Itan Titanic. <laughs> Titanic, his name was I.P. Freely. <laughs> and he just luckily swooped in and saved him. He was there just in the nick of time to uh, avoid a uh, large iceberg that would have killed all the passengers. Or at least a, a lot of passengers. Um, then they find a picture, and lo and behold, there is Balthazar. Mm -hmm. He seems to be playing the role of IP Freely <laughs> on the Titanic, <laughs> and he saved it. The boys quickly summon him and ask to talk. He shows up, and they ask, what has happened? What did you do? And uh, Balthazar explains, it was supposed to sink, but I saved it. And they ask why. And Balthazar's reason for why he saved the Titanic was because he hated the movie so much and Celine Dion and her goddamn song <laughs> that went with it. And he did not want those two things to exist in this world. <laughs> well, and then Sam Dean's like, wait, wait a minute. You're not, I didn't think you were able to go back and change history and that's when he once again says well all the rules are thrown out yeah we can do anything we want now uh yeah Balthazar too he's plays that he's shocked that they even care since he saved people he's like there's 50,000 more souls now like this is 
good. What, like, what are you talking about? I thought you guys were into saving people. Plus the fact that Ellen and Joe are still alive. Well, Sam and Dean then freak out completely and say that they have butterfly-affected reality with his one little change and things are different now than what they should have been. And this also then explains to the viewer, us, why Joe and Ellen are alive. Mm-hmm. Explain. Yeah, that, that was all explained then. So that's good. Well, they call Bobby, and they figure out that they are up against fate. That is that lady with her book and her leaving gold strings behind. Dean explains uh, that they are the ones uh, spinning how everyone dies, and it seems that uh, they are trying to straighten it all out. So fate's going back and correcting what Balthazar did by bumping off these 50,000 people in hilarious ways. <laughs> Bobby asks if, uh, Bobby's just like, well, why don't we just resync the boat? And Dean says, uh, no, that kind of explains why Joe and Ellen are here and not dead. Yeah, they, he tells Bobby that if the Titanic goes down, Ellen and Joe died. And Bobby says, make sure that angels don't sink the boat. Yeah, Bobby is, like, this is the first time I've seen on his look of, like, this weird, scared, shocked look. I mean, he was just frightened. Uh, they have no idea how to help or how to correct this situation then. Um, but they go and they go back after that rude guy, that attorney, uh, to go and try to save him. They're like, well, at least we can try and save this guy. Well, they just barely save him from getting by, hit by a car. And then as the guy is like walking off, yelling at him, like, yeah, I told you to stay away from me. And then a bus comes along and completely squishes him. Uh, and it is just like, it is a blood squish. It is like a grape got stomped over under the bus tires. It was gross. And the funny part about this, if there is a funny part about such a death, is this attorney happened to be like a, uh, oh, what's that called? I can't think of it. But he had an ad on the back of the yeah, bus. Yeah, he had about, a billboard. About uh, personal, he was a personal injury attorney, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of funny that he's a personal injury attorney and he got hit by a bus with his ad on it. Yeah, and so it's just blood spot on the road with his billboard right next to it. And yeah, and Dean's like, wow, that's pretty funny. He starts smiling and Sam's like, are you kidding? He's like, what, too soon? He's like, yeah, it's six seconds, maybe. <laughs> six seconds is too soon. <laughs> Um, Dean, or not Dean, Sam spots fate, uh, sees a cute blonde chick. Uh, Dean asks, like, oh, does it look like librarian? And then there's this back and forth about, like, your librarian or my librarian. And it's like, well, she's got clothes on. <laughs> yeah, when Dean asked what she looked like, he said, well, she looked like a, kind of like a librarian. And then that's when Dean says, my kind or your kind? And Sam says, well, she does have clothes on, so. It was funny. It was funny. Well, they go off to try to find her uh, inside the building. They look around, and we see the clock stop, and someone comes lurking in, turns all the gas knobs on, uh, starts time then. So it's like a kitchen or something, industrial kitchen. There's just gas blowing everywhere. It looked like maybe it was a closed restaurant or something because of the fact you're right. It was like all these uh, huge uh, commercial stoves. Right. Uh, well... Right as uh, Sam and Dean go into the room, and, like, they were trying to light a lighter, too, even. I'm like, man, can't you smell it? Well, right as they are getting blown up, Cass grabs them and flies them off to safety in white Russia. I have no idea what they had to do with it, like, why they asked where, but... 
I was like, okay, they're in White Russia. Probably because that's a very far from where they were. White Russians, by the way, excellent drink. Yeah. <coughs> I don't even know what part of the country White Russia is. I'm uncultured. I'm, a, I'm from the USA. What do I need to know about geo, <laughs> geographical things? Uh, Cass says that uh, they... Cass says that they are upset that they have upset fate by pretty much making her obsolete when they threw out the rules to skip Armageddon. They pretty much made her obsolete, so she's gonna try and kill them too. So Cass says that they need to kill her. Excuse me, Balthazar has such a weapon that will be able to kill her. But they're gonna need to pull her out by tempting fate. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Back at Bobby and Ellen's. Oh, and by now you've figured it out. Bobby's house is clean. Yes. <laughs> that's that's when you're at the beginning. You're like, something's different. And then when it goes back to this scene, you're like, oh, Ellen lives there and it's clean. That's what's different. <laughs> you're right. Exactly. Also, too, we talk about the color a lot. This episode, too, full color. Mm -hmm. There's not one low color thing in it. Uh, Ellen, oh, there is. Never mind. We'll get to it. Ellen suggests uh, that they just resync the boat. Bobby flips out on her because he knows the truth. Ellen calls him out for knowing something. Bobby then breaks down and tells her the facts that, and says, though, don't worry, that won't sink the boat. Uh, they go back and forth. Bobby says he really needs her in his life. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but when Ellen was on the phone with Joe, she said that they, she reported there were even 30 more deaths on the West Coast. But I put at the end of this this paragraph that, even though Ella knows that she and Joe will die, she thinks that they should do it anyway. But, yeah, that's when Bobby says, no, I need you. Yeah. I guess I didn't get those that strong a feeling from Ellen. I, I don't know. Maybe she was into the idea, like, oh, we better set things straight. She's such a dedicated hunter. Because of the fact also, and she even said, it's better for these people to not be born than die bloody. And she's right, you know. Oh, it was like, yes. oh, we have to save these 50,000 people. But it's like, if they were never born, then you have nothing to worry about. You're right. Yeah, she was way into it. Uh, Sam and Dean are walking through a park, and they nearly get hit by a skateboarder. And then there's a kid on a bike, and then there's a mean dog, and then there's people just juggling axes. And Sam and Dean just bravely walk through it all. Until an industrial size air conditioning unit falls on them. Time stops. And Atros, that is Fate's real name. Atropos. Atropos, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cass are talking. And she's really upset that they have all made her obsolete. And she doesn't know what her job is anymore. She even went to heaven to ask for what her new job is, and she never got an answer. <laughs> Which it is like, God's really out, isn't he? He's not running anything. No, he's not. He's uh, on vacation. Uh, so there, it was a misunderstanding, though, because Fate thought that Cass sent Balthazar back in time to save souls because she thinks, wow... 50,000 souls for your war machine would really help you out, wouldn't it, buddy? So she thought it was a plot. And I think it was. I, I honestly think that is what happened. Well, it might be Balthazar's plot, and he, he just gave that jackass answer about the movie and the song. That could be, too. That, I mean, that, he it might be his plot, not Cass's plot. Mm -hmm. uh, Cass basically tells her that she needs to deal with it. Fate says that she needs to go back and sink the boat. They need to go back and sink the boat, or she is going to squish Sam and Dean. 
And Fate says that if anything happens to her, you know, if they try anything funny, I got two sisters and they're bigger and badder than me and really screw you guys up. Balthazar shows up. Fate's upset. Cass and Balthazar agree to go back and sink the Titanic. The air conditioning drops. The boys are no longer under it. Right. Well, Balthazar, when he showed up, he was behind her. It looked like whatever weapon Cass told the boys that he had to kill her, he was about ready to use. And Cass stopped him and said, yeah, no, you need to go back and sink the Titanic. Yeah, because, I mean, just dealing with this lady was too much. Couldn't, couldn't imagine two more of them. Well, they're the, I think they're the Greek fates, and I can't remember the name of the other two, but yes, there are um, all three, and they're all very powerful. And if she was the least powerful, with the ability of she was able to stop time to make all these other things happen, I would not want to mess with her sisters whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, because Cass can't be in two places at once, so very quickly everyone he knows is going to die. She basically told him that, you know, if we don't go back and resync it, Sam and Dean, and hey, your hands are full in heaven, so you can't be down here watching them 24-7. So mm -hmm. that's when Cass finally says, yep, Balthazar, go back and make sure the boat sinks. Yeah, yeah, or otherwise Sam and Dean are dead, totally. Uh, the boys uh, wake up inside of the Apollo at Bobby's house. And at this point, the colors go back to really muted. And what song is playing on the radio? Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. I didn't notice yes. that. Wow, I, nor I normally notice stuff like that, yeah. That was playing on the radio. Well, Sam reports that he had a weird dream. Uh, Dean's like, hey, wait, we had the same dream. The same Titanic dream. Cass shows up, confirms that, yes, it was all real. Um, that, And in fact, though, he did have to go back. His hands are tied. He had to go back. They had to go back and resync the boat. Uh, Dean asks... About Ellen and Joe, Cass says he's sorry. and But Cass says that he uh, let them, you know, he could have just wiped their memory. But he says he's letting them remember because he wants them to know how mean fate is and uh, that they can still choose their freedom. Cass told him, yes, that they taught him that no one needs to be ruled by fate. But that's right. Dean asked why they remember the race timeline, because they really shouldn't have. And that's you're right when Cass said, well, we wanted you to remember it so you know what you were dealing with. And, yeah, you don't want to mess with fate. I personally don't believe in fate, but that's just me. Inside, we see uh, Bobby back at his dumpy house again, looking depressed. And they agree not to tell him about it. Well, he was sleeping on the couch. He wasn't looking depressed. He was sleeping. He was very depressed. His eyes were closed. His breathing was so slow. <laughs> there was a there was a half a there was a half a cocktail sitting next to him. I think he was depressed. Well, he was depressed, true, but he was also in the scene sleeping <laughs> because they discuss whether they should tell Bobby about that with Joe and Ellen. They decide not to. Dean goes over and puts a blanket over Bobby because he was sleeping. Okay. You're right. He was just sleeping, but I'm sure he was sad because he lives in that dumpy house. I'm sure he was too, and he did just kill his friend. Yeah. So, a uh, fun episode. I mean, the whole like time. I'm not usually into time travel crap, but I mean, this was very simple. The Titanic. You know, what would happen if it was still here today, and uh, something needed to correct it? <laughs> that is really interesting to think about when he mentioned the butterfly effect. Oh, Balthazar did like Balthazar is like, oh no, Kutcher references, and yes, there is still an Ashton Kutcher. I think about that stuff all the time. Like one little decision in our life might have totally given us a completely different life. Oh, totally. 
Totally. If we didn't move to LA, if we just decided, man, let's stay in Wisconsin, we'd be in a completely different house right now with completely different friends. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? It really is. Yes. Um, but that's just the way life is. You make decisions and you have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Hope for the best. How many uh, deaths in this episode? Oh, I didn't even pull IMDb up. Well, there'd be enough. none because all of it was unwound. That's true. I would say zero. If, if you're going on the prime timeline. Episode or season six. Um, while we wait for that, I don't really don't have anything to, else to discuss. I'm just excited to go outside and I hope it's cooler out. Me too, because that's really, really, really hot out. Let's see. Come on, it's going to say zero. It has to say zero. But I know it won't because it's IMDb. <laughs> What's it say? The body count, 1,520. Mr. Russo, Anne Whitting, Sean Russo, and the 1,517 Titanic passengers. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's an answer, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how ridiculous. Oh, here's a... Uh, thing it says the name of the hotel sam and dean stay at is the white star motel which alludes to the white star line the owners of the titanic oh yes and that's another thing i noticed too that they usually stay in really dingy crappy hotels this one looked a lot cleaner and a lot brighter yeah yeah you pointed they, uh, there everything was better in their lives except the car except now i love a mustang don't get me wrong i love baby but my car oh. my dream car is a mustang that's a girl's sports car. Well, I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it works out perfect for you then. It sure does. Anything else we need to mention before we sign out? No, just uh, tomorrow's episode is a season six, episode 18, called Frontierland. And it is a time travel episode. Wow. These, these writers really got into their time travel, didn't they? Yes. Neat. Well, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you then. But between now and then, what you should do is head over to Facebook. We got a group called Armchair Hunters. Better yet, though, swing by our website, coupleofidgets.com. We have all the episodes over there. Uh, you can download them, stream them, comment them on them. Yada, yada, yada. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. Right, everyone have a good night. <coughs> Bye. 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 Bye.